0: Welcome to Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about
1: storytelling. Stories We Don't Tell is a monthly event in Toronto that features candid stories of strength and resilience. I threw out my prayers, they went flying like balloons. The air whipped our
0: hair, we went shooting down the valley. Knuckles gripped upon the handles, shivers rushing down my spine. What's the point?
2: This comes at the most frightening. It's gorgeous, she said. To which I responded, Yeah, isn't it just great? She walked all around it, inspecting the trim, the details, the paint, everything. I said, Here, look. And opening the hood, I explained to her how it worked. It's got a three liter direct injection aspirated engine with double overhead camshafts and valve over technology with electronic shifting. She looks at me dead in the eyes and paused with a serious look on her face. Boy, you better not get any ideas with my car. I said, Mom, come on. You know better, don't you? Fine, she said and with that she walked away leaving me to admire her brand new Audi S4 imported directly from Europe. The nearby dealerships had a way of manipulating you for both time and extra money whenever something went wrong with your car. It was for this reason that my dad and I decided to do everything ourselves and by everything I meant purchasing and handling delivery servicing and maintenance licensing and insurance I felt very excited about this new vehicle, almost like a big kid with a new toy. Actually exactly like a big kid with a new toy. (laughs) I felt very excited about the change and having something new after the way college was going. I found college to be easy and a breeze to begin with. I didn't see what all the hype and studying long hours was about. Maybe I was just doing something I was passionate about and it came naturally, or maybe I was just doing it simply wrong. Either way, I wasn't sure, but somewhere in between the two. I had picked up street racing subliminally, I guess from hearing all the young budding engineers in my class talk about cars day in and day out. I thought engineering at college would be more hands on than this, more in depth, more gory more of a challenge. I don't want to sit there and listen to why Plato came up with his theories and his ethics. I don't want to sit there and learn how to write English. And least of all, did I want to listen to what engineers can do for society. I wanted to get out there and build, destroy, construct, and shape a ploy. The fact that what I had envisioned had not come to light seemed to be a common thread here. After cleaning and inspecting this new specimen of a vehicle, I decided to take it out for a spin. I roared through the countryside streets, well-paved and sidelines covered with bush on either side. I got a thrill from seeing the shrubbery ruffle as I passed. Of course I was hanging out the window to see this while I was driving. And I was inspecting the wheels as they turned and listening to that new European goddess of an engine purr under the command of my foot at the
1: pedals.
2: (laughs) My phone rang and it was my best friend Enrico inviting me to come race on an underused stretch of road nearby. Excitement was getting the better of me again. Excitement always used to get the better of me. Lambert's was a stretch of country road with a 500-meter straight, a series of visible S-Chihane corners just before going into another 300-meter straight. A blind U with a 60-foot cliff on either side and ending at a blind but busy intersection. Treacherous to say the least. But I knew the Lambert stretch was an avoided piece of road and hardly anyone ever used it. So I knew it was fine. I pulled up to the line and smiled. Your time to beat is three minutes, Enrico said. I revved my engine to let him and the other spectators know that I was ready. That European goddess under the hood was ready and I could tell. (laughs) Three, two, one, go! I pulled off the line hard and powerful and in no time I got to the first corner and I realized that this thing was fast and agile. I braked and turned and flew through the first corner, smiling to myself that I had gotten familiar with the steering and braking in such a short period of time. (laughs) I could feel that I was way ahead of my allotted time. And I began laughing at those Japanese and American opponents that I had. (laughs) I got to the last corner before I was ready to let her rip for the second straight stretch. But what I saw in front me invoked sheer terror, horror, and pandemonium. A truck crawling at 20 kilometers per hour in the middle of the corner, waiting for God knows what. I was coming fast and I had to think equally as fast. I swerved left and everything around me became intensely still as the car angled towards the neighbouring field. It was as if it had a mind of its own and the thought that I was out of control hit me and it hit me hard. The vehicle had left the road at this point and I was now feel born I swerved right to try to break the slide and regain some control. I thought maybe I was doing something I was passionate about and it came naturally or maybe I was just simply doing it wrong. As that second swerve made me start to spin, everything was still and slow around me. I sat holding my breath and observing every millisecond in sheer terror, horror and disbelief. My phone was airborne inches away from my face. My house keys were also in mid-drift. My shoes that I had taken off to drive were magically in midair as well. (laughs) Every spin that the car took reminded me more and more of my life. Like maybe how I decided to continue living at home to save some money, and to be honest, ease of access to food and other amenities very useful for a college student. Or maybe like how I didn't quite grasp the basic concepts of engineering like I should, much like how I didn't know the responsibility of having a car. The fact that what I had envisioned had not come to light seemed to be common. It went on for what seemed like an eternity, and I, helpless at the helm, desperate to regain control. One violent spin, another violent spin rocks, stones, branches, everything, brushing the underside of the car as I spun in this field. It took me a few seconds to get out of the spin, oddly contrasted to my caller's experience. Easy to get into, not understanding completely how you got there, and not sure if you're enjoying the ride. <laughs> the spin stopped, and I sat there in my driver's seat, deep in the field and far from the road. I felt a feeling of bewilderment and sabotage, a basic confusion by what had taken place was only evident through the fact that the contents of the car were wildly shifted. (laughs) That and the fact that I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was dizzy and in mental delusion. How could this happen? So quickly? So easily? But yet, why wasn't it worse? It could have been worse. It should have been worse, right? I was shaken and clearly in shock and disbelief. I hopped out and looked for any damage to that goddess. None, thank God. My parents will have my head. Still dizzy, I called Enrico and told him about the trap. That big old obstacle that was stopping me from progressing as if it were a college degree. I asked him if that truck had passed there as yet, to which he responded. Truck? What truck? The entire course is clear.
1: I time bending. It was a book that I read. Gay Hendrix. It was the Gay Hendrix book that I read. I don't think he called it time bending, though. But he did say that you make your own time. That was like one of his life hacks in this book that I read. You
0: make your own time.
1: Yeah, that was literally
0: like you choose how you experience time.
1: Yeah. Hmm. So I think so. This could be false, hmm. but I think it was in the book called a book called The Big Leap. And I think that that is a book by Gay Hendricks. And I think that it's about the upper limit problem, which is his idea that we all have like a fixed happiness thing that we're allowed to have. Hmm. Like not allowed to have, like that we internally impose upon ourselves without realizing it hmm. based on our upbringing or whatever. So like, right. and, and if you like exceed it, so your life is going too well, that you've sort of sabotage yourself, this is his idea. And so it's like, I don't know, tips about that. And then also, at the end, he's like, and also when you're really busy, you can just make your own time. And you're like, okay,
0: great. I feel, I feel like when you, I feel like when you're really busy, that's the last time you're able to make your own time. I feel like if I was not busy, I'd have way more control over my own time.
1: But it's about like flow. So it's like, you no, know, when you have a half hour to do something, you do it in half an hour. But when you have two hours, it'll take you two hours. Like right, right. tasks take up the amount of time that you have available for them. Kind right. of. I mean, that's not. fact fact but it kind of is like you're familiar with that experience oh yeah for sure setting yourself up to get stuff done Mm. to make a half hour feel longer consistently right well did you
0: know that time bending also comes into play uh in storytelling
1: (laughs) i don't think that that first part was recorded but if it was i think it should really be just the entire podcast it
0: was recorded and we definitely should use it
1: okay Everybody, it might be a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendrix, and it also might not be. Yeah,
0: but we also did just hear a story from Marcus. Right, okay, yeah. Marcus Hines. Marcus Hines. Um, he uh, did use. We, we, so the, the, the whole time bending thing makes sense, I want to point out, that the whole conversation leading into this was actually this whole conversation about time bending.
1: See, for months, all I wanted to talk about with t- was time bending, and nobody wanted to talk about it with me. And now we've got a podcast about time bending. Yeah. Um, so maybe we should say who we are. I'm Brianne. And I'm Stefan. And uh, we're here to talk about time bending and Marcus Hines' story that you just heard. Exactly. Uh, so
0: uh, what you may have noticed in that story uh, was a moment in time mm-hmm. when Marcus is spinning in circles uh, in, in a car. In car. Um, and in that moment, it, it takes a little bit of time to go through. Uh, yeah. But that wasn't always the case,
1: right? So, like, the car was not spinning for very long in in real life. Yes, I- IRL. Yes, it only spun a couple times. It was probably less than a minute.
0: It was. It, it sounded as if it was like twelve seconds. Okay. Like it was. It would seem very short. I would hope if it was spinning for a minute, that would be a very very long time for a car to be actually spinning. Yeah, you're probably right. I've um, never been.
1: I've I've only been in one car accident, and it wasn't very. Wasn't spinny. No. Right.
0: Um, but uh, so I think in part, I think, but also in his first version of the story, right. it also wasn't very long.
1: It was story time and real time. Yeah.
0: it were was, aligned. Basically. It was like, I began to spin. It was scary. I stopped spinning.
1: And then I had all of these thoughts.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and so, so the question was, what can one do uh, to slow down time, to time bend, if you will, in yeah. a story?
1: Yeah, to make your own time.
0: Yeah, or at least to have um, to have the story reflect how you felt and experience the story because that's really the goal. I think the goal in storytelling at all times is to have your story reflect at most possible how you actually felt about the time. That's the reason why we say, you know, why did this person? Why did you care about this person? That's mm-hmm. the goal all the time. Yeah, is to that, have your story most accurately represent your own reality.
1: Yeah, your truth of it, and I think that there's other. So it's it's like that's how he experienced it because time felt like it slowed down. He was yeah, probably bending time in the moment. What
0: it does in traumatic experiences like that.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that's really what it felt like to him. And also something that we tell people a lot, actually, when they, when they tell a story and there's an action piece and then there's a kind of conclusion piece that's maybe an intellectual conclusion or an emotional conclusion or whatever, sometimes we just tell them to cut it. But oftentimes what we tell them is as an exercise to like take that conclusion and then just drop it into the story, like break it up and drop it into the story and make it work. These two things have kind of aligned in the story that he, first of all, wanted to really slow down that moment that felt really slow and powerful for him. And second of all, he wanted to connect how that moment was connecting with his actual life in a way that he probably thought about partly after and it was kind of his own retrospective, but he put it into the story.
0: Yeah, well, I think also it was... A, a battle on his part, so that he could. It was the most interesting part of the story, mm-hmm. like in in, in 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 that story, The first version of the story, it was sort of like a build up, a build up, a build up, a build up, build up, and then three lines or something like that mm-hmm. of him spinning, and then and then close, 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 close. Yeah, and it, it didn't give. He he. I guess the biggest problem he was he was facing, at least in in, in structurally was that he didn't give you enough time to be scared for him mm. in the spin. Mm-hmm. You know, like spinning in a car is a terrifying experience, but it happened so quickly in the story. It didn't give the audience enough time to even really realize what was happening.
1: And in the thing about storytelling compared to watching a movie or reading a novel is that because it's a personal story, like you kind of already know the ending a little bit. Right. Yeah. Like he didn't die. You know that he didn't die. You know that he even if he was injured in this in this accident, like you know that he's pretty mobile now. Yeah. Like you can see that he is able bodied, whatever. So there's all of those mysteries have already been solved just by being in the room with him, which I guess podcast listeners aren't, but spoiler alert oh, he's a yeah. That was true. Yeah. Um, and so since those mysteries are already solved it's like you have to take us through everything else and the fear and the things that you notice and the what really stands out to you in this moment because that's what's powerful about this story yeah and exactly
0: and 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 it's well almost like almost there there are very few stories where the powerful part isn't your experience of the event Mm -hmm. uh and and i think it's it's actually a sign of a weak story if you're if you have to go too heavy on the actual event itself,
1: totally, totally. If it's like this wacky thing happens, yeah,
0: exactly. Like, we already know about that. Yeah, there are some it truly astounding stories which can entirely survive on the merits of the just, you know, incredible. Perseverance or whatever that's happening in the story, mm-hmm. uh, but most stories people have are compelling because of the person telling it mm-hmm. and in in this case, it's letting us understand why this was important mm-hmm. and then
1: we all experience things differently and we get that little window into how one person experienced it
0: Yeah, and you know and someone said this is my this is like an exceptional thing that happened to him It's not I have never gone spinning in circles in the middle of a of a field, but you can drive right yes a lot of people in Toronto can't drive. yeah, so that's even another thing, right? yeah, but um, but like it's a very specific experience, and so so okay, so, so let's just talk about the idea of so what can someone do if they want to lengthen out a uh, a, a, piece, a part of a
1: piece? Sure, so whether you want to kind of bring your your thoughts and your analysis into the action or you want to just draw out a moment or you want to do time bending experiments, which I can also just talk about later. <laughs> There's the meditation involved. Excellent. Like Um, Things that you can do. So you can do that exercise where you... If you've already written it and you have kind of your action and your conclusion, you can do the exercise where you just randomly mash them together and you make them work as a starting. Mm. But what else can you do? Well, you can describe what's happening. So simultaneous things uh, that you would take in visually, you can split into multiple things that you come back to because, of course, you can't describe things simultaneously.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think especially... I think that's just... Describing what's happening currently to you in minute detail is a great way to say it. Because a, it's interesting, mm-hmm. um, but then also it gives people more and more and more time to get into this experience of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's the value of slow motion in movies, really, mm-hmm. is that it gives your brain so much more time and anticipation to build up.
1: Stefan loves slow-mo.
0: That's true. I am, I am, I'm a big fan of slow motion. It's just a fact. It's everything's better in slow motion.
1: So, so yeah. So the goal would be to create a verbal slow motion. Exactly. By describing everything really thoroughly. Other things that you can do. And so there's, it gets tricky, right? Because, and this is a line that Marcus is walking for sure, is you want to tell people what you're thinking, Mm. but you have to kind of balance it because you run the risk of, when you just tell people like, I thought this, and then I thought this, and then I thought this, it's an awful lot like telling people about dreams that you had. So you have to um, look for ways to kind of balance a thought with action. Yeah. So with a description or with a little anecdote. Anecdotes are another way that you can do this if they're not too distracting. Mm. Um, and feelings, of course, which yeah. are different than thoughts, especially in stories.
0: Yeah. And you can, and I think you can actually use more minute actions to can that like that you would normally never talk about, but in a point where you're trying to slow down a story, you know, like feeling sweat fall off the side of your face or something like mm-hmm. that is is not something that would normally you'd ever mention. Right. Uh, but in a s- experience where you're trying to create that that sort of let's make them sit in this experience is something you can go to. So you can use much much smaller actions as a way, uh, an explanation of some little actions, which like you know may seem very minute to the overall plot of the story, uh, but you can use that as definitely a way to slow time, time down.
1: hmm I mean, you're basically using, like, pick something in your story or something in your surroundings that you bring into your story that you're using as a measurement of time. So you're making your own clock, mm-hmm. which could actually be a clock. Someone just told the story recently where there was a countdown happening. Mm-hmm. And so even though the story didn't take place over 45 minutes in front of the audience, she was telling us, like, there's 45 minutes left. And so that even you, people understand it. I mean, it sounds obvious, but like, People are going to be so focused on what you're telling them that then you track back to that for a second. It just gives them a cue to follow because they don't they don't know unless you tell them. And so, yeah. something that we all know the pace that it happens at, which sweat absolutely. And in the story with Marcus, it's like the keys are in the air, the keys are on the ground. They went flying through the air, and like we all know, we all know about gravity, yeah. right? Like, so we kind of can understand the speed that something would would fall to the ground. And so that becomes our own kind of timer to calibrate against.
0: Yeah, yeah. We all we all know gravity because science rules.
1: So if you want to try time bending at home (laughs) what you need to do, according to the internet, I haven't tried this. Is you need two clocks that are set at the same time. Okay. And you put one like in uh, near you or on your person or something a watch would work whatever and then you need another clock that you can read easily but it needs to be far away from you so in another room so like maybe you're sitting in your bedroom and one clock is on your bed with you and then one clock is like out in the kitchen but you can see it not in your apartment not in any of our apartments is that possible but you guys get it
0: okay i I love the house where you can see in the kitchen from your bedroom (laughs) okay
1: so anyway so you can see it but it's at least 20 feet away And then what you do is you have to go into like a deep meditative state and you focus, you meditate and you just focus on slowing down. And then apparently, according to this time-bending blog post that I read, the clocks will be different. Like you're slowing down time so much that the clock that's with you will be slower and you've created a bubble. The theory of relativity. I am not a physicist.
0: That is not how the theory of relativity works. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's really not.
1: Yeah. So then the clocks will be different because you bent time. But then the time in your little time bubble will warp back ultimately like when you leave his meditative state and then your clocks will be the same again but you can create a situation where you see them differently
0: okay so what we need what the, I think the, the takeaway from this entire endeavor is mm-hmm. uh, that time bending in stories perfectly legitimate time bending outside of <laughs> stories definitely <laughs> bullshit okay
1: I haven't tried it but <laughs> I'm Brianne you can follow me on twitter at Venice B
2: I'm Paul you can follow me on twitter at Jeffrey Paul Dorn.
0: And I'm Stefan. You can follow me on Twitter on at at at, 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 at stayho underscore. Thanks to Rayana for the theme music to this podcast.
1: You can find out more about her in the show notes or at rayana.ca This episode
0: was brought to you by Timebending. Was brought to you by Timebending.